Heyo! Welcome to Build to Be You. My name is Michaela, and I am so pumped that you're here. I made this podcast so you can uncover what it means to be you and learn how you can fully step into your potential while trying to navigate your 20s, overcoming previous failures, learning to face your fears, dance with your emotions, and take messy action in order to build and become the best you. You can expect a little bit of mixed up love and a whole lot of real talk. But let me just say, this journey is so much more fun with a bestie. So buckle up and let's do it together. Do you ever meet somebody for the first time and their energy is just so palpable and it's so evident that they are living their truth, living their purpose, living their mission? That is how I felt with the unmatchable energy of Diana Keller on today's episode. She is a new author of the book called Stop Talking About the Weather. She is a former teacher and entrepreneur, and today's conversation is all about focusing on creating more meaningful conversations and connecting deeper with the people around you. And I just couldn't help but when I finished this episode with her, really think about the impact of not only my relationships, but future generations. If we quit being so distracted by the noise, by the dings, by the social media scrolling, by the media, and if we got really, really incredibly present with the people who are right in front of us. So I know this episode is going to light your soul on fire, just like it did mine, and really inspire you to think about the interactions and the conversations that you're having on a day-to-day basis. Welcome, Diana. I'm so excited to have you today. You can already tell by your energy. This is going to be such a fun conversation. So tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what you're up to in your world. Absolutely. So my name is Diana Keller. I am an author, podcaster. I'm a one-on-one life coach. I'm a public speaker. I do all of the things, essentially. Um, My first book, Stop Talking About the Weather, is going to be coming out very soon. The pre-order starts on um, August 18th, and then the book officially comes out September 1st. So I am in a huge transitional season where I'm working on building my business and um, having this book come out and writing a second book. So a lot going on. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is incredible. I love that you wear so many hats. And I'm really curious, Mm -hmm. like, just diving right in. Have you always been an entrepreneur by like trade heart? Like what was your profession? Have you always been in this space Um, back to where you started? Yeah. So I actually never, ever wanted to be an entrepreneur. (laughs) Actually. Um, I grew up with entrepreneurial parents and, and I have always seen the ebbs and flows of that. And so growing up, I never wanted to be a person who relied on that entrepreneur income. And so I actually, um, I, my trade is in teaching. So I was a teacher, a high school math teacher for almost 10 years. And then I left teaching in, uh, 2020, actually, I decided to leave teaching prior to COVID, but then COVID hit and it just kind of was a very natural time to leave. Mm -hmm. And so I left in 2020. I, that's when I began, um, my blog, I was really into personal development. And so I started a blog in 2020 and then I moved into a corporate job which I still have. Um, but in 2021, I started my podcast in 2022. So just this year I have written and I'm working on launching my book. I created my LLC and I started doing all of these things. And so it really wasn't until like recently, like we are in the thick of it. (laughs) Girl is making money though. That is incredible. I'm trying really hard. (laughs) So many pivots and transitions. And I'm really curious, like where did the vision start? Like what made you decide to leave teaching and kind of what was that like push to go? Yeah. So I decided to leave teaching. I can tell you the exact date. It was January 10th, 2020. Um, I, I was, um, chaperoning a field trip that day and I had already had a really challenging year in terms of my connections with my students, which is really one of the things that I I loved about my job was the ways that I could influence minds. Like, and so it wasn't, yes, I had the math and I could teach math, but that's not what I loved about it. I loved the connection. And I was, it was really a challenging year. Um, the way that I described it is I felt like I got up in front of the classroom and I was watching myself. Like I never felt truly invested in it. And while I was on that field trip, there was just a lot of really challenging things that happened that day that made me realize like this, I think is, this is the end for me. And I always promised myself, cause we've all been in situations where we've had teachers that hated their job and it just made the entire experience poor for everyone. And so I always promised myself that 
when I got to a position where I no longer loved everything about my job, it was going to be time for me to move on. And that's, that's what caused that to happen. And, um, in my book, one of the questions and spoiler alert, cause it's the last question, but one of the questions I ask is how did you end up here? And the reason that I put that last is because that question is, is so impactful because people can interpret it so many different ways. And I always say that my answer was my choice to leave teaching has led me here. Like if I never led teaching, I would have never started my job. I would have never started my podcast. I never would have thought that I could write a book. And so that is what has gotten me here is, is that choice. It was very, very difficult. It took a long time for me to be okay with that. And, um, the fact that I did it though, was so important to me and my growth as a person. Yeah, absolutely. And that takes like so much courage and just like really like radical self-awareness of like, Mm -hmm. I know that I'm not giving my best energy. I'm not Mm -hmm. serving my students the best way that I can. And I think Mm -hmm. about the woman who's in a job right now, whether it's nine to five, a healthcare worker, whatever. And she's like, my heart's just not in it anymore. You know, how can you kind of talk through that transition phase of, you know, like really listening to and honoring Mm -hmm. like in your season, like, Hey, this is not working. I need to like pivot. I need to do something yeah. different. And that's, oh my gosh, that it, it's so much of who I am. I really love talking about this because it's so, so incredibly challenging to make that decision and follow through with it. Because I see people regularly who feel so miserable in their role, but it's impossible for them to move on because they either don't feel qualified. They don't know what's out there. They are scared of taking the leap, losing income, losing benefits, that type of thing. It, It was, and I went through all of that. It was so, so incredibly challenging for me to say like, yes, this is something I'm going to pursue. And, um, like I said, it it was months of uh, emotional turmoil. Like I probably cried in like those six months more than I've ever cried in my life combined because I knew that I deep down, like I loved what I did. Like I loved teaching. Was it in a classroom anymore? No, but it was really hard for me to give that up because I didn't know what was next for me. And I only ever felt qualified to teach. It was the only area that I had any sort of traditional training. Like I had a math degree, but I am not a researcher. I don't know how to code. So like, I knew that that wasn't a route for me. So I had to find a whole new career. And essentially what I do in the corporate space is account management. And so it was really challenging to say, okay, I'm going to change, make this pivot. And then do I even feel fulfilled by sending emails and sitting on the phone all day? And so that's what actually, um, allowed me to find other areas to find fulfillment. My blog and my podcast, all of that came because I wasn't getting it through, the job. So I supplemented it essentially. And so, but it took that really big pivot to realize that that was something I needed and something I needed to create in my life. But it was a really, really difficult transition. I had to talk through it with a lot of people. I had to cry about it a whole lot. I had to journal about it. I had to go to therapy. All of those things were so critical to me being, um, feeling safe or comfortable to make that change. Yeah. And like, that's like such a big transition and such a big jump, especially when you're going from the familiar to the unfamiliar. It's oh, like, yeah. it's like, I, like, I know what this is on paper. It all makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm marking the boxes, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, holy shit. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> what, what am I doing? And, you know, I think about, do, have you ever, I guess, thought about like, what if you wouldn't have, like, if you were still teaching right oh now, my what would your life be like? All the time. Because that's why, like, like I said, like the reason that I'm here is because I left teaching. And if I had never left teaching, my life would be so incredibly different. And I have no idea where I would be. And that's such a scary thought to me. And, you know, I was talking with somebody earlier and we all face that scary thought of, okay, do I make the move and and do the hard thing and and not and and jump into the unknown or do I do the hard thing of staying where I am and I made the hard decision to pivot because I could not stay like I couldn't stay where I was and even thinking about it or like this time of year especially I'm like I still don't want to go back to the classroom and like that to me is a true indication that it was time for me to move on And, but it it was, it was so difficult, but staying there would have been more difficult. 
Absolutely. So it's like, choose your heart, like the heart of yes. staying the same or the mm-hmm. heart of like never knowing where mm-hmm. you could end up. And mm-hmm. like, I think it's like a full body feeling of like, yeah. this was the right decision. And mm-hmm. I'm curious if like that, like just kind of like weight off your shoulders lifted, like right after you left teaching mm-hmm. or was it like a few months, a few weeks? This is, this is a great question. And it's one that I also really love to speak to. And I call it the aftermath of pivoting. And I I kind of relate it to like whiplash because in the moment you don't necessarily feel the pain of it. Like it's, it's, it's just kind of like what just happened. Like you, you experience it, but you don't feel all of the feelings because it all happened so quickly. But then after the fact, that's when the, the hurt sets in. And that's how the aftermath of pivoting was for me. And I re- I relate it also to the seasons. So I say, um, I, <laughs> I did a blog post called fall is synonymous with death. And I talked a lot about how us as humans, we look at fall, we look at autumn as a really beautiful season of the year, because in that the colors are changing. Like there's just a lot of real beauty in that change. But what's really happening is the leaves are dying away. Like we're moving towards winter. And so I talked a lot about how, when, when we go through these changes, the first, the first season you're going to experience is fall from the outside. It looks beautiful, but what's actually happening is, is part of you is changing. Part of you is dying. And that's not a bad thing. Like you made this change for a reason. So that death of something else has to happen. And that's exactly how it was for me. And it actually aligned very much. So with the seasons, I changed my roles in August. And so that feeling of death and that feeling of what did I give up? What did I do to my life was in fall. And so I say, you know, we first experienced this it's beautiful, but something's dying. And then we move into winter, which is a lot of uncertainty. And it's, that's what winter is. It's gray, it's dreary. And we go through that period where we feel uncertain, we feel unqualified, we feel unsure. And then, and then eventually it, we move into spring, there's going to be renewed growth. There's going to be renewed spirit, but you have to work through that darkness first. And that's what I had to do. And it was really challenging. And even after I left teaching for a a good six, eight months, it really, I wondered like if I had made a huge mistake. Um, But now looking back, I'm, I'm finally in that season of summer where I'm feeling really good about my, um, my transition and why it was necessary. So it will come eventually. And for me, it took about a full year um, to really move through that process. Yeah. I love that analogy. I think that that's so beautifully put. And I think that that's something that like everybody can relate to because we all live through the seasons of Mm -hmm. mother nature. Yes. But also like the timeline perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, sometimes we get fixated. Like it's been a really hard week. It's been a really hard month. Life is against me. Like everything sucks. And you know, you're like just ready to throw in the towel. So it's like that longevity, like long-term mindset of Mm -hmm. like, it's going to work out. <laughs> it it will. And, and for some people, it takes a really long time. Like I have a friend who for her, it's really taken a couple of years for her to find her footing, to feel comfortable in a new space, especially after leaving a career she had for 15 years, it was really challenging. Um, and so for her, it was a lot longer for me. It took about a year for some people. It might just take a couple months if, if you're moving to a role that's adjacent, but right. when you're literally uprooting your whole life, you have to give yourself grace and time to heal and work through that. Because if not, you're setting yourself up for failure. You're expecting something that can't um, come to fruition. Right. Absolutely. And something you had kind of like circling back that ties to that, yeah. I believe is the following through, you know, cause yeah. it's like, you know, you can talk about it. You can give it lip service, like say, mm-hmm. I want to leave my job. I'm not fulfilled. I don't feel great about this. I want mm-hmm. to do this, but like, how do you tie that like desire and that drive mm-hmm. with the action? That's so great. And in in that action could be so many different things. So that action could be addressing it just as simple as addressing it with your manager or your higher ups. It could be, I need to actively search for jobs. It could be so many different actions, but what I believe is, is so incredibly important to take that action is you have to build confidence within yourself. And I think that a lot of women, especially, and especially if you're in a corporate position, it's really hard to build that confidence. Um, when, when you're dealing with 
um, differing opinions when you're dealing with, especially in a, this is nothing against men, obviously, but like having worked in a corporate job, there's, there's also that barrier that you have to overcome as a woman. Mm -hmm. And, and so that action has to come from confidence within, because it's not going to, you're not going to be able to find it externally. People could have told me all the time, you need to leave teaching, you need to leave teaching. But until I knew that and felt comfortable and confident in my ability to do it, I wasn't going to be able to do that. And so for me, what I had to do was exactly what you said. I had to bring awareness to myself, whether that was through journaling, working on my mental and physical health with, um, just eating better and exercising, doing things like reading personal development, listening to podcasts. And, you know, a lot of people use that as a catch-all for everything, but it's so true because when you do those things, like chemically, like from a scientific standpoint, there is factual information about how those impact you. And so for me, I needed to build that confidence in myself to feel like I could make moves. And without that confidence, I wouldn't have been able to take those next steps. Yeah, absolutely. And confidence is like a, like an internal change before it becomes like an outward action. Oh gosh, so much. I think that's just such a powerful reminder that like the little things like the podcast you're listening to right now, Mm -hmm. or the book that you pick up later, Mm -hmm. those things matter. And so many people discount them because they're too simple or they're too woo-woo-y or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like you said, like chemically there is science people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. And there's, and there's not any shortage of it either. Like there's so many and, and finding the right ones that vibe with you, that speak with you is also so incredibly important because if you pick up a book and you don't vibe with it, it's not going to have the same impact mm-hmm. as something that does have the, the uh, that is a right fit. And the same can be true for therapy, which I didn't at the time wasn't going through, but afterwards, when I moved to my new job, it was something that I I chose to do, making sure you have a right fit of a therapist and that kind of thing, because it's those changes that are going to make you feel confident. And if you don't vibe with it, it's not going to give you the confidence. So you have to find the right one too. Right. Yeah. It's definitely not a one size fits all. And I think it's like, you know, there's so many different resources. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you just have to be resourceful and seeking out what it is that you need. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious. So like you were like, okay, I'm ready to leave teaching. Mm -hmm. Did you already have the decision made before you went and told somebody else what you were doing? Or were you like Mm -hmm. asking for the feedback and opinion of others? Um, so I was pretty set on it. Like it, as soon as it hit me, like, this is it. Like I, I was about, I was about ready. I did talk to my husband about it and I taught in a Catholic school and Catholic school teachers make next to nothing. So he was like, yeah, go look for another job. (laughs) Um, but it was really hard for me to share it with other people because, um, the people I wanted to share it with were really good friends that worked with me. And so it was really hard for me to have that conversation too, because it felt like I was abandoning our, abandoning our friendship. And so, um, it actually, I had to really make the decision internally before I could share that. Now, um, once I decided and and kind of began sharing it, it became a lot easier to share it. And there's a lot of science behind that in terms of like a shame, especially like Brene Brown is a huge um, shame researcher. And she talks a lot about the, the concept of when you bring and talk about shame, it lessens the impact on you. And I think for me, there was a lot of shame in leaving teaching because I always thought that I was going to be a teacher for my entire life. And I always thought that um, I was, that was what I was meant to do. And so when I decided to leave, I felt like I was letting myself down. I felt like I was letting a lot of people down. And so it was really hard for me to begin to have those conversations because I felt shameful. Um, but there's a lot, again, a lot of science behind when you speak it, it becomes less um, impactful on you. So if you are going through a season where you're wanting to pivot and have that change, I think having the conversations is so incredibly helpful to help you feel less shameful and guilty and um, embarrassed. All of those hard emotions, um, they become less intense. 
Right. And it's also like normalizing, changing your mind. Like, it's like, you know, I'm sure somebody who's listening to this conversation, like it's going to inspire them to be like, Hey, I'm going to go have this conversation with somebody else about, you know, like I'm not feeling aligned. This career isn't for me anymore. And then, you know, that kind of ripple effect just continues on. Mm -hmm. And I think so often we get stuck in our own heads of catastrophizing of like, I'm the only one that feels this way. I must be crazy or broken. And it's like, no, you're a human and you're allowed to change your mind. Yes. And I encourage like, seriously, if people are in this season, like I tell them, I'm like, reach out to me, please. Because this is, I I have learned so much through this. And so many people have asked me, they're like, how did, how did you do it? Um, because it is so hard. And so if this is you and you're in this season, like reach out to the people in your life, but feel free to reach out to me too, because I have been there. I can speak to it. I can walk you through this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like you went from <laughs> teaching to now podcasting, having right. your own book, like, Oh, oh it's a lot of changes. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's a lot of changes in a short amount of time. And yeah. so I'm curious, like, do you ever feel like in the turmoil of all of these transitions, mm-hmm. like you've kind of like lost your identity. You're like, wait, who is Diana? Like, did Ooh, you like yeah. get to like reinvent or recreate yourself? Oh gosh. I, so I actually, there's another question that I have in the book that's really focused on this concept of tying who you are, your identity to what you do. And as a teacher, that was so difficult for me to let go because it was so easy for me to say, oh, hi, I'm Diane. I'm a math teacher because everyone knows what a teacher does. They know who a teacher, who a teacher is. So now I'm like, I work for a technology company. I kind of work in IT, but I'm kind of an account (laughs) manager. And it was really hard for me to separate my identity from, from my job, because for so long it was tied to it. And so I actually was listening to a podcast myself once. And one of the things that somebody, they said, and I can't remember the exact wording, but they said, hi, I'm whatever. So hi, I'm Diana. Things that I am a passionate about are X, Y, and Z. Instead of introducing yourself with your job title as if it somehow describes you and is your identity, just say it as something that you like to do or something that you're passionate about. Or if you're not passionate about it, don't freaking talk about it. <laughs> like, don't don't assume that who you are has to be tied to that. Um, and it was really hard for me to to get, move past that because a lot of times the question I would always get because. Once I wasn't a teacher anymore, the way that I describe myself is, hi, I'm Diana. I'm a former math teacher. And so I even had to go through that transition. And then the question always was, well, why did you leave teaching? Do you ever want to go back to teaching? Have you ever thought about this? And it was really challenging because it was like that wound was being opened uh, over and over again. And so I had to learn how to not tie my name to to my my job title, my career, because that's not who I am. That's not my identity. Um, and even still, like there are times where I fall back into that trap. Hi, I'm Diana. I'm a podcaster. I'm an author, all of these yeah. things. But one thing that, you know, I'm working to do, hi, I'm Diana. Like I'm really passionate about people because that, that can be so many different things. So really working to tie who you are to things that you enjoy, that you're passionate about. And unless you're truly passionate about your job, or even if you're not like, just don't, don't include that in your job title because you do have a tendency to fall back on that as your identity. Yeah. I love that perspective. And I love that. Like, you know, like I've even like when I bring podcast guests on, I'm like, how can I ask them who they are? And then like, it's like, just like pre-programming. And it's like the first thing they do is like, I am this insert job title. So I love like, it's almost like a self-awareness piece of Mm -hmm. like, we run on autopilot. So like, that's just the response is elicited when somebody asks us a question because like, that's what you've always done. Yeah. But having that awareness, it's like, Oh, somebody just asked me who I am. Mm -hmm. Pause. Think about it. (laughs) And and that's like, that's the question in the book is like, fill in the blank. Hi, I'm blank. And I blank. And the, the goal of that question is to get people to think about, okay, how are you filling this in? And are you proud of the way that you're filling this in? Or does that kind of cause you to reflect about, wow, this is what my default is and I don't want to do that. And so it is that self-awareness piece that is so important because if we aren't aware, then we're going to continue on autopilot. And then eventually, so it's kind of like one of those things that when um, you tell a lie long enough and hard enough, it becomes real. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what's happening is when you introduce yourself that way long enough and hard enough, it becomes your identity and you don't want to do that. So you have to say, 
something different. Like I'm passionate about this. This is, you know, just something about you, but it doesn't, your identity isn't your career. Yeah. I love that. And kind of almost having like going through the exercise in your book, like having like a pocket phrase. So it's like, yeah. you know, like a new, like go-to so that when somebody mm-hmm. does ask the question, you're like, Oh wait, I'm, I'm going to throw you a curveball. I'm going to spice it up a little bit. Right. I'm not going to be the response you thought it was. <laughs> and I, I, you know what? I try and do that sometimes too, where I'll say like, Oh, I'm an author or I'm a podcaster. I'd be like, I just really love craft beer. Like, <laughs> just like throw random things in there. Yeah. And I think that's important, not only for other people to see different sides of me, but also important for me that I do don't, it's not all my eggs in one basket. It's not all that one title. It's, you know, other important things about me. Right. And like just humanizing interactions. Like mm-hmm. I truly believe everybody is so unique and diverse. And like, mm-hmm. if we keep going around in the world of like, I'm a nurse, I'm a teacher, I'm a paramedic, mm-hmm. I'm an author, you know, it's like, there's so much more yeah. to everybody than just that. <laughs> And that's so much about what, what my book is meant to do is to increase connection and meaningful conversations so that you're not sitting on the surface and having the same dialogue every single day. The book is called stop talking about the weather. It could also be called stop talking about your career. Stop talking about your kids. Like, because those are the things people default to. Mm -hmm. And so I think you're exactly right. Like we need to have more meaningful connections and conversations. And that's what my book is meant to do. It's made up of a hundred different questions conversation starters, quotes, all of these different things. And they're organized in, in chapters one through five, where like chapter one is more of those introductory questions to kind of help you get to know somebody, but it's not like, what's your favorite color? What do you do for a job? They're actually meaningful ways to connect with people. Whereas like chapter five is like really um, intense, more, more questions that are meant for you to journal, which again, is that self-awareness piece. So this book is so helpful to do that exact thing where you're creating meaningful connection. Yeah. And I think I'm like super excited to get this book because I think that like, even in this season, I've realized how autopiloted conversations Mm -hmm. are like, you're in an elevator and somebody like is on the elevator with you and like, you're both on your phone. So we're like, you're out to dinner and everybody that you're at dinner with is on their phone. And like, I've found myself getting irritated. Yes. (laughs) Like put the damn phone down. Hello. (laughs) We are here in person. And I am, that's something that ever since writing the book that I've been so much more intentional about, even with my spouse, with my husband, like we'll be sitting at home. Oh, I, how was your day? Let's eat dinner. Let's have a beer. Let's turn on TV. And we're going to sit on our phones the entire time. And, And we've lost a lot of that meaningful connection. And so that's what exactly what it's meant to do is like, Hey, pause, like let's put our phones down. Let's be present. Let's, let's have a conversation. It doesn't have to be anything like heavy, but let's have a conversation. That's even meaningful that like we gain knowledge of one another from. Yeah. And it's like the little things that are easy to do, but also really easy not to do. And just like, Oh yeah. How has like the power of presence shifted, you know, not only in your relationship with your husband, but with mm-hmm. other relationships you have in your I, life? So this is I, some of the best experiences that I've had with the book. It, it's just, it's really enlightened me and then really helped me come to appreciate some of my relationships better. So the very first person that I tested the book with, her name is Kelly and she was about to move to Hawaii. And so um, before she moved, we decided to meet up and we went through some of the questions. We went through nine questions in the book. It took us three three hours. Like that's how meaningful it was. And I knew like it was, it was such a good last time to see her before she moved because we actually had real conversations about things that were meaningful. And, you know, another instance I was sitting with my friend Arden and we were talking and, um, where I was sitting with my Arden and my husband, Sam, and, and we were just like, we, we kind of, pendulum swing from light, easy question to really intense question to back again. And after he left that evening, he had sent me a text. He goes, I haven't had a real authentic conversation like that in so long. And I truly believe that our ability to be vulnerable with one another has opened up the doors to deepen our relationship over time. Like we feel more comfortable sharing our vulnerability together and being open and honest. And again, kind of going back to things like guilt and shame or like those joyful moments that you don't always share with people, like being able to openly share that and have more deep conversations. Yeah. And it's really just like humanizing the human experience. Like we are meant to have connections. We are meant to have those social interactions and relationships. Mm -hmm. And so many of those are getting lost through social media and phones. Mm -hmm. And like, while those things are great and they have a time and place, like I'm here for this movement of like 
let's reignite like the genuine conversations. Like let's pretend like we all have to sit by like a candlelit fire. Right. Everybody get the F off their phone. (laughs) Right. And one of the things that, so my friend group, we like to do Friendsgiving every year. And this year I suggest, I'm like, let's go let's go get a cabin. Like, let's go out to like, um, you know, a mountainous area and just like spend time together because we haven't done that in so long. Like our friendship has turned, like has boiled down to sending funny memes and and that's it. And so like, when we get together, like that's all we'll talk about. And so I'm like, let's, let's do something totally different. Let's switch it up. I'll bring my book. We'll have a good time. We'll actually get to know each other again. We've been friends for 15, 17 years but we don't know anything about each other anymore. So let's do this. Like, let's get to know who we are again. Yeah. And that's really eye-opening. And that's like a huge, like, kind of like for me, I'm like, that's like a shock. You know, like when you think about the closest people in your life, it's mm-hmm. like, how deeply do you actually know them? Yeah. And how can you go deeper? And yeah. so I love that, like, that's literally what you're on a mission to do is it, like it, foster those deeper connections. And like, how much more genuine of a world it's going to be mm-hmm. to like actually interact with people. Absolutely. And, and the other piece of it is being able to interact with yourself in that way too. When I was working with my book launch team, I had one specific person. She's like, I'm using this book so much that I'm actually getting to know myself. And I think that she is a mother to two kids. And I think other mothers can probably relate that a lot of their identity is tied to motherhood and they lose a lot of who they are in motherhood. And so she's like, I'm actually learning about me again. She's like so much of it. I didn't realize anymore. I didn't know my likes. I didn't know my dislikes. I didn't know what brought me passion or, or things that, I just enjoyed. And so she's like, this has been so eye-opening to me just to get to know myself again. And I think that's an important piece of it as well is yes, you can use these with other people, but so much of it is it has to be internal too, because you have to be vulnerable enough to open up. And a lot of that stuff begins with that confidence and building back yourself. I love that, Diana. That is so impactful. And that's such a beautiful testimony that like, this matters. And Mm -hmm. these conversations in this book is going to impact so many lives. And I think about the woman who's listening, who's kind of like lost that touch with herself. I think that Mm -hmm. story is kind of two-sided of like, it's not never too late. Like you always have the opportunity Mm -hmm. to foster and deeper that connection within yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's only going to benefit not only yourself, but the people around you. And, and yes, and I think that you, you you hit the nail on the head where you're like, it's never too late. And so much of our lives, we change, we change constantly. And like the person I am now is not the person I was two or five or especially not 10 or 15 <laughs> years ago. And so getting to know myself again is, is like meeting someone new. Like I, and being able to unearth feelings and emotions and thoughts really opened my eyes to, wow, like I've changed a lot and I didn't know these things about me. And so I think that that's important too. Yeah. And like, you know, there's like that, like quote, that's like, you can only go as deep with others as you go with yourself. Mm -hmm. And so it's like deepering that connection with yourself is again, going to ripple into your relationships, but just like hearing you talk so like passionately and Mm -hmm. like in conviction of this book, I'm curious where the vision came from. Like, where did this idea start? Like, it's like, I don't want to say a foreign concept, but it's also like a concept in a topic. Like you don't see a lot of books about. Right. So, um, I, it's so funny. Have you read the book, big magic by Elizabeth Gilbert? I have yet. Okay. So I describe it as big magic. So it was December of last year. So December of 2021, I just like a fleeting thought. And I was like, I should, I should do a book or I, I, I feel like I've lost a lot of connection with people. I feel like this isn't a room for growth and area to fill a need. And then it was like a couple of days later, it was December 18th. My friend Arden that I mentioned earlier, he texted me and he goes, our friend group should play the 20 questions game to get to know each other again, because none of us know each other. And I was like, that was, that was the validation. I was like, it's so weird that you say that. Cause I was literally just <laughs> thinking about this a couple of days ago. And then I was like, and it was that big magic because in the book. So those of you who haven't read it, um, Elizabeth Gilbert describes big magic as kind of the universe sending us information, telling us something. And she says that when something comes to your mind, you have to foster it and you have to grow it. Otherwise it's going to move on to the next person. And the first time, like that fleeting thought that was big magic, like Diana, 
okay, just an idea. And then when Arden said it, I was like, okay, this is big magic slapping me in the face. Like I have to foster this. Otherwise it's going to be given to somebody else and somebody else is going to go on this journey. And so that day, like December 18th, I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to write this book. So I got a journal and I just started writing down questions that came to my mind. And then I started kind of messing around and testing them with people, like getting their thoughts, getting their feedback. And then it just snowballed into something even greater. And um, as I was kind of beta testing it, it, it just everyone, every single person I've talked to about this, every single person I've tested it was like, wow, like I did not know I could have conversations like this or wow, like I really need this in my life. And just talking about how they lacked so much connection. And as it kept going forward, I was just like, this is a need. Like I am feeling a very big need right now. And so every time somebody said that, I was like, this is the motivation because I need to serve this community. This, this community needs something and I'm going to give it to them. Yes. I love that you tied it. I completely forgot about big magic. I like, I read that book so long ago. I feel like, but I love that you tied it back to that. And I think about the woman who's listening, who has like had that like fleeting thought, but Mm -hmm. she just let it pass her by. Yeah. And you know, that's kind of, again, like that missed opportunity where like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure at this point you were pretty invested in your personal growth journey. And like, Mm -hmm. you had quite a bit of intuition and awareness around like, Mm -hmm. man, I got to act on this. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. But, but but yeah, when, but when you're not in that growth journey and you, you, you don't necessarily think of it as the way that it's meant to be thought about, you let it go. And what big magic really tells you is, you you know, you have to foster it. You have to take hold of it because if you're thinking it, it's meant for you. Yes. That's, I have like the chills. Like I think (laughs) I, I, I love that Arden texted you a couple of days after, because that's just like the universe being like, Hands in the air, Diana. Yeah, I like I literally read the text message and I'm like, I'm like, did you read my mind? Like, this is creepy. (laughs) It was so weird, but I was like, okay, this is a sign and I've got to follow it. Yes. And recently in my own life, and I've been talking to a lot of my community about it, it's just like trusting yourself Mm, and trusting that like what's put on your heart is put on your heart for a reason. And like every decision and every action you take is just deepering that trust within yourself, deepening, not deepering, (laughs) deepening. I I got it. And it's actually so funny. You bring this up because I was just talking about this with somebody on my podcast is there is an inherent lack of trust within ourselves, especially if what we think goes against the quote unquote norm. Mm -hmm. So like for me, like leaving teaching, like it took a long time for me, kind of, as we said, to trust myself and be able to share that with people because I didn't think that I was right. And, and I think a lot of, again, women, especially feel this, they, they have a thought and they're just like, no, that's not right. Like, or gut feelings for sure. Like, because you don't have any quote unquote proof. You're just like, I don't know. It's a gut feeling, but when you trust yourself, like there's so much again, confidence and, and self-awareness that's built when you follow that gut, follow those thoughts. And it proves to you that you can trust yourself, that you were meant to take that action because it was on your heart. Yeah. And uh, I like still have the chills. Like I just, I love, I love the way that your story unfolded. And I think it's just like such a testimony of like, it's on your heart for a reason. And like, Mm -hmm. that's just like what I keep thinking when I like hear you talk about it. And like, you just talk about it with so much conviction and purpose, Mm -hmm. which I think just like speaks mountains that like you're doing the work that you were meant to do. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about the journey and the process of writing a book, you know, even, you know, I think about the woman who's like, I have this goal, but it seems Mm -hmm. really far out of reach. Like you have your journal, you're journaling about it. Like Mm -hmm. what kind of transpired after that? So, um, so that was in December. So like December and January, I just started, like I had a book of blank pages. So as things came to me, I just started writing them down. And then in February, I kind of had a big lull, like where I just wasn't feeling the motivation. I didn't like, I just kept having writer's block. And so I was like, eh, I'll get to it eventually. And I also didn't really have any skin in the game. I didn't have any accountability. I told some people about it here and there, but I never went and like called my shot publicly. I like, I never posted it on social media. Like it was just kind of um, lip service to some degree. 
And so from February until mid-April, I actually didn't make a whole lot of progress on the book. And then I am signed up for Lori Harder's text community. So if you're not familiar with who Lori Harder is, she's the um, podcast host of Earn Your Happy. She's an author. She's building a business on the side. She's really, really freaking cool. <laughs> and so I was part of her texting community. And on April 11th, um, she, I love that you remember so many dates. Sorry. Well, I actually just like <laughs> literally pulled it up today. So it's really weird that you asked this. Um, but uh, she asked, she said to her text me, she goes, be honest with yourself. What's one thing that you can do that will move you forward on a goal that you're stagnant on. And I was like, holy crap. Like, I was just like, again, it was one of those like ton of bricks, like big magic slapping me across the face, like Diana, <laughs> get it together. <laughs> and, and I, and you can respond. And so I was like, I was like, Lori, I have to finish my book. Like, this is it. I have to finish it. And so that was April 11th on May 18th. I finalized, I wrote the last question of my book. And like, literally this was a super quick turnaround. Like I'm talking like six months. And because it wasn't like a, it wasn't a, a novel. So it was a lot easier to do in that kind of time frame. But when I got that text from Lori, I had two things. I said, okay, I need to find my motivation because clearly whatever I'm doing isn't working and I need to get some skin in the game. And so that is when I started posting publicly on social media saying, I'm writing this book. It's coming out this year. And I, I started sharing it more openly with people. And not only did that hold me accountable, but seeing people's reaction when I talked about the book is what gave me motivation. Because again, it went back to this, I have the ability to serve this community. This community has a need. And if I'm not filling that need, then it's going to stay there. And so by having the skin in the game, by having the accountability, posting on social media, sharing the behind the scenes, I became instantly more motivated to be able to, to write this book. And so I literally took about a month to finish it after that. And, and then it kind of snowballed from there where I was working with a publisher. I started working with a graphic designer because I was like, I need these people to hold me accountable. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep pushing it back, keep pushing it back okay. until I was texting my publisher one day. And I was like, do you think we could do September 1st? She's like, I think so. And I'm like, great. I'm going to publicize it. Like, I'm going to say, yes, we're it's, it's coming out September 1st. I didn't even have a finished manuscript, but it was coming out September 1st. And so it was so much of like this journey. And if you're on a journey or pivoting, or you're trying to, to get yourself to accomplish a goal, it's not just about finding the motivation to do it. It's tapping into the, why are you doing it? For me, it was for that community that needs served mm -hmm. and you need, you need to publicize it. You need to hold yourself accountable. And so whether that's talking with one friend, whether that's talking to thousands of people on social media, whatever that means for you, you've got to stop with the lip service and actually put in the reps. Yes. I love that. And I love that you tie it back to your why, because ultimately mm -hmm. you have to know like what it is that you're showing up for and kind of how it ties to your bigger purpose, your mission, your values, all of those right. things. And you saw a gap. You're like, Hey, there is a problem here that needs to be solved. Mm -hmm. I know that this is on my heart. This was given to me big magic mm -hmm. <laughs> to, you know, follow through with it. So I think that added layer of like calling your shot on social mm -hmm. media is huge, but it can also be terrifying. Oh, it's so terrifying. <laughs> like, what, what else came up with like for you? Like when you're like, okay, I'm going to post this. Then, like um, so like my immediate thought, and I think a lot of people in this space feel the same way is like, oh my God, what if I don't follow through? Mm -hmm. And what if I post this and it falls flat? What if I write this book and nobody wants to buy it? What if nobody cares? What if nobody even tries to buy it because they don't think it's going to serve them? But that all of that, I had to push it down. Like, because I knew that there was a need and so much, especially women who's trying, if you're trying to build anything, you're, you have to fill that need. And because I was filling the need, I knew that none of those things, that false narrative that I was telling myself was all internal. It was that lack of confidence. And so those things that were coming up for me, I had to remind myself, like I am I'm future. Um, I can't think of the word like a oh, future telling I'm future telling where I'm trying to, where I, I am coming up with scenarios that aren't real, but I think they're real. And I needed to really focus more so on the here and now, this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm serving the community. This is my why and go from there. 
Because if I tried to focus on the future telling and focus on what the outcome was going to be, I was never going to enjoy the journey. Absolutely. And, you know, I like, I talk about this, like with running all the time, you know, it's like, if you're only working for the finish line, if you're only working for the published book, like Mm -hmm. how many joy filled moments and learning experiences are you missing out in the process to get there? And Yes. And that's so true. And especially with running, because running is such a mental battle. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just like, I remember when I was training, like when I got to my longer runs, when I was starting to do eight and 10 and 12 mile runs, like it was a huge mental block for me and like things that I, and I, I kept putting them off because I was scared. And, but when I did them, I was like, wow, I feel so good. I feel so accomplished. And that can, and I running is such a great example because it's, it's so mentally challenging and is meant to stretch you, but so much, any, any personal growth is the exact same way. Like, you know, so for example, like writing a chapter, like when you're writing a chapter, it can feel so overwhelming, but when you're like, Oh, I can write 500 words here, or I can write 1000 words. And then when you get, when you do it, it's like, wow, I could do that. If I could do that, then I can write two chapters and I can write three chapters. And it's all about those milestones. And again, the journey, the journey of it. Right. And when you live in the moment, you really reap the benefits of like the here and now experience Mm -hmm. rather than like, you know, like you said, like the future telling and like the catastrophizing of like, what if, or what could be. And it's like, Mm -hmm great. Like have the vision at your forefront, know what it is that you're working towards, mm-hmm. but also realize like you ain't ever going to get there without writing that first chapter, Ooh, that second chapter, that third chapter. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it's so important to realize that because, and especially if you're, people are like going, if you're going through a big pivot season, like the, obviously the end goal is like changing careers, changing, you know, moving, whatever that means for you. But you have to go through all the little steps. So whether that means like first, like writing a cover letter, applying, like going through the interview process, if you're moving, like the, the searching for new homes, whatever it is, like you can't get to that end destination. Like we, I don't know if anybody here is a Harry Potter fan, but like, you can't apparate to the end. Like, that's not how it works. Like you have, but because you, the, the small steps along the way is what gives you the confidence and it gives you the experience that you need to be qualified to be at the end. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, everybody starts the beginner. And like, I think like so many mm-hmm. people like, you know, like sit in this like discomfort of like, ah, oh, but I'm new, but it's like, you're new. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Like mm-hmm. you have a clean slate. Like, yes. If you fail, blame it on being new. That's fine. Right. If you succeed, say you started new, you know, like, yes. it's like being new is honestly like a superpower. And, and so, um, the name of my podcast, keep moving forward. It came from, um, a Disney movie called meet the Robinsons. And the whole concept of keep moving forward is the main character is, um, an aspiring inventor and he constantly messes up. He is constantly failing. And every time he fails, like everyone congratulates him. They're like, you failed now. Keep moving forward. Keep trying again. And that's so much of what it, what's important is because in those failures, failure is just feedback. It's Mm. what gives you the information to be better next time. And so failing is so important. Being a beginner is so important because that's what gives you the feedback for you to become successful. Absolutely. And what if we celebrated ourselves just like the way they celebrate in the movie? I've never seen it, but it sounds oh, so it's cute. So good. <laughs> and I love the storyline. <laughs> yes, but that's that, exactly. And, you know, I think it's so important. And, you know, I recently did a podcast about how when you reach a destination, how sometimes it's not what it you think it's going to be. And I think a lot of people experience that of getting to the finish line or finishing something and you're like, cool. Like it's not, it's, it's not that um, exciting um, celebration that you think it's going to be because you've worked up to it. So really you should have micro celebrations all the time for just being a human and doing the damn thing and doing the hard thing and, and putting yourself out there and failing and getting that feedback and trying again, those all deserve so much celebration than making it to the finish line because you put in the hard work to get there. Absolutely. And I think about, you know, like even you, as you're publishing this book mm-hmm. and you're going through this process, like how are you cultivating and finding joy? So that way when mm-hmm. it does come to the book launch, you're not like, all right, here's the book. This is it. Like, right. you know, like it's... continuing to build that momentum and like really savor the like. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is a great question. So I really, 
am celebrating all of the little wins. Like literally every time something happens with my book, I'm like, holy crap, like this is huge. Like celebrating and and just doing something fun for myself. And yeah, like I know at the end, like I'm going to buy myself something fun, but like I'm micro, like every single day, like Diana, I'm so proud of you. Like you did this, like when the cover was done and when the formatting was done and all of these little things, it is just like, I share it with others, especially my husband, because he is like my biggest supporter. And I was just like, I texted him today. It was like, guess what happened? He's like, I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, thank you. Oh my God. I <laughs> and love and that. so it's like just being able to celebrate and share with the people around you and sharing is, is such a big piece as well, because when you, when you keep it internal, yeah, like that's an internal celebration, but when you share it, like, it's just so much more fun. Um, so that's, that's really just like those kind of micro celebrations I've been doing. I love that. That's so huge. You should be so proud of yourself. Like, <laughs> like, I, I love that. Like, you're just such like an action taker. Like you're not like a oh, lip yeah. service person. You're like, Hey, I'm going to do this thing. Yeah. Like, even if you had like that period of wait, I think that that was so, so needed. And like trusting mm-hmm. that like those couple months that you took off mm-hmm. were so you could like be steadfast in these last couple mm-hmm. of months of just like whipping it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And like that, yes, I'm very action oriented. That's like, again, keep moving forward. Like that's kind of where right. I came from. Like, because we can't move, like you can't move forward if you're staying stagnant. Right. And, and so I don't, I, I make a lot of references, so <laughs> I apologize. You're but okay. like, I think of, um, Hamilton, like the musical Hamilton again, not sure if you watch it, but like Alexander Hamilton in the, in the musical is such an action taker. And it's because of the action that he makes such big moves and accomplishes such great things. And I actually like look up to, I, I don't know him too much historically. I know him in the musical, but I look up to him in the musical because I realized like what he was able to accomplish by putting himself out there, putting himself on the line, doing the hard things, like doing the scary things of standing up. And, and that's what I, I strive for is how can I put myself out there and, and do really scary things, but trust that what is meant to be will be. Yeah. And like you, you're doing the scary thing because that's a testimony <laughs> of like, again, just taking action and showing up for what mm-hmm. it is that's on your heart and like mm-hmm. knowing that that feeling is for you for a reason. So mm-hmm. loop us in yes. all things book launch. Um, yep. When is it? When yeah. can we get it? When can we get our hands on it? Absolutely. So um, the pre-order begins on August 18th. You can buy it on Amazon. The official launch of the book will begin on September 1st. You can, like I said, check it out on Amazon. Follow me on Instagram if you want updates. So my Instagram handle is at Diana underscore Marie underscore Keller. You can check out my website, which is dianamariekeller.com. If you are in or around the Cincinnati, Ohio area, I'm going to have about 15 different in-person live speaking events where people will be able to come connect, get to use and see the book in person. And that's happening through August, September, and a little bit into October. So if you're in the area or even if you want to take a road trip or something, come on up. You can again, check out my website, dianamariekeller.com. If you go forward slash events, that will have all of my events on there as well. Oh my gosh. I could literally talk to you forever. Your energy. (laughs) I I love it. And I love that you're so passionate about this topic. And I just think about all the lives that it's going to impact that I personally cannot wait to get my hands on the book and see how I can go deeper with myself, but also with my relationships and really humanize being a human. That's right. Well, thank you so much for having me on. This has been so much fun. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, We'll see you at a book launch virtually, maybe. Before you go, I just wanted to let you know that I am so dang grateful that we are now on this journey through uncovering what it means to be you together. If you love this episode, make sure you share it with your friend or better yet, share it on social media and tag me so that way I know. Until next time, chat soon.